You're listening to KCRW. I'm Madeline Brand with this week's film reviews, and they are doozies. There is a movie based on a musical, which is based on a movie, a movie adapted from a book that's about the writing of the book, plus a couple of dead people who aren't really dead, thanks to a mad scientist and a talking bird. With me to discuss are film critics Christy Lemire and Alonzo Duralde. They both co-host the YouTube channel Breakfast All Day. Hello, you two. Hello. Hello. All right. Let's talk about The Dead or the Not Dead, the movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, and Rami Youssef. I find myself nearly jealous of the men's time with you rather than any moral aspersion against you. It is your body, Bella Baxter, yours to give freely. I generally charge 30 francs. Well, that seems low. Okay, Christy, this is about a woman who is brought back from the dead by a mad scientist. It's set in Victorian England. And it is Emma Stone there and director Yorgos Lanthimos reunited because they were together for that movie, The Favorite. What did you think of this one? I love this movie so much. I'm just going to go out there and I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm going to tell you it's my favorite movie of the year. It is astonishing. If you think you even know what this is based on the trailers, I promise you, you don't. There is so much more going on here. And it is so wild and outlandish and surprising and beautiful over and over again. Um, But yes, you mentioned Emma Stone there reuniting with Yorgos Lanthimos. And this has a lot of the sort of the the core stuff that Yorgos Lanthimos does so singularly, which is there's like a breach of decorum within genteel settings, right? There's a, a way people should behave and they don't. And there's a, a beautiful, awkward humor in all of that over and over again. But then here you have Emma Stone as a woman on a journey of exploration. She has been protected and controlled throughout her life. And as she travels from place to place and, and evolves as a person, um, she comes fully into her own and it's just thrilling. Um, the costume design, the production design and all of it, the, the score, it all works together so beautifully. Tony McNamara wrote the script here. It's based on Alistair Gray's novel. Mm-hmm. And um, there's not the biting meanness that you see in The Favorite, which Tony McNamara also wrote for Yorgos Lanthimos. Mm. But there's like an, an oddity and like a pleasing kind of odd rhythm of like the poetry of the language. I just loved it. And Emma Stone's incredible here. Well, Tony McNamara also created the Hulu show The Great, which has a similar vibe to it from what I can tell. Alonzo? Well, you know, it's it's similar to The Great in terms of its kind of absurdist humor and the notion of a woman coming into her own strength and power and understanding of herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is way uh, off the map of, of, of where The Great goes. Uh, yeah, this is a movie that is grotesque and madcap, but at the same time, deeply human and moving and... Um, really sort of rooted in a woman's journey uh, through her life and and of self-discovery. It's also my favorite movie of this year. Um, you know, it, it is it is just visually a treat and um, plays around with what would and wouldn't be found in that era. Um, you know, it it has a it 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 butts up against steampunk without you know digging too far into that. It you know has. Uh, a, a sense that anything is possible, but at the same time has real stakes to it. Uh, it's just extraordinary. Just extraordinary. Okay. Wow. I'm I'm blown away by your enthusiasm. I'm so excited to see this. Poor Things is in theaters beginning tonight.
Next up, an animated film by Japanese filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. It's called The Boy and the Heron. The boy's mother is dead, but the heron says otherwise. A lot of strange things happen in this place. I just hope he stays safe. Save me. What exactly are you? Your mother. She's awaiting your rescue. I'll be your guide. All right, Alonzo. I thought Miyazaki was all done making movies, but I guess he came out of retirement and chain smoked his way through making another one. So uh, tell us more about this one. Yeah, when Miyazaki says uh, he's done, it's like Cher announcing a farewell tour. It's like, mm hmm. <laughs> Until the next one, that is. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, describing the plot of a Miyazaki film under the best circumstances is generally like trying to recount what happened to you in a dream. And this is probably one of his least easily followed narrative, but it still makes a sense if you just go with it. If you just roll with it, it involves parallel universes. It involves a young person on a journey of discovery and of, of maturity. So it really fits in with a lot of films like Spirited Away, certainly. Um, it has the kind of otherworldliness and the, the uh, uh, you know, um, anthropomorphic animals of something like uh, Princess Mononoke. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, it, it, is, it operates under such a sense of dream logic and spirituality that it's almost like watching an, uh, a Pichapong Verisethakun movie. Uh, that said... It is hauntingly beautiful. His films are always just like watching a series of beautiful paintings. I could I could watch a bicycle go down a country path in a Miyazaki movie and mm -hmm. just take in all the detail. Um, but this is, you know, uh, uh, the uh, about a young man during uh, the World War II era, uh, kind of dealing with family trauma, dealing with, you know, sort of a national crisis. Weirdly, I saw this back to back with um, Godzilla Minus One, which also deals with Japan and World War II and, and their sort of collective trauma. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, another masterpiece from our greatest living animator. I love everything that he does. Christy, what about you? Did you love this one, The Boy and the Heron? I did. And there actually might be too much stuff going on here. <laughs> there might be too many ideas and too many weird creatures. Like it's almost overwhelming and you can't take it all in. Like we were talking about how poor things is kind of overwhelming. I mean, this for sure is too. It's visually sumptuous. I mean, from the very beginning, there's such delicate artistry to Miyazaki's work. All the, the hand-drawn animation is so rare these days. Um, but there's also, you know, horrific imagery as, as we often see it. It's really terrifying. I mean, early on, there's this catastrophic fire that occurs and there's like a, a warmth, like you can feel the heat through the flames. There's like a, a smudgy kind of abstract quality to the oranges and the reds that really put you in there. And it's gorgeous, but also terrifying at the same time. You have the super cute, adorable little creatures that you get in a Miyazaki movie, but you also have like really frightening predatory parakeets. Like, <laughs> and you're pretty... not even in Pasadena. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be perfect. Yes. But it's like they're they're beautiful, but like they're, the creatures evolve in ways that it, it's almost nightmarish. I understand that this has some semi-autobiographical qualities for mm -hmm. Miyazaki, which makes it feel even more personal. But yeah, it's just a total delight. I mean, there's stuff with like fish and frogs that will give you nightmares. But then there's also a great deal of, of catharsis and healing by the end. So it's quite lovely.
Excellent. The Boy and the Heron in a few theaters right now, and it goes wider starting tomorrow. Next up, Origin, a film from director Ava DuVernay, adapted from and literally about the writing of the book Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents by Isabel Wilkerson. All over the place. There's connective tissue. All of this. All of it. Is linked. Okay, Christy, this isn't exactly a documentary. The actress Ingenue Ellis Taylor plays the author Isabel Wilkerson as she's writing this book. It also stars Niecy Nash and John Bernthal. What did you think? It's complicated, this movie. You mentioned that it's not a documentary. I almost wish that it had been because it feels like two different movies kind of slammed against each other in a really clunky way because you have Ingenue Ellis Taylor playing Isabel Wilkerson, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, as she is writing this book, as she is researching this book, but then also undergoing tremendous personal loss, personal tragedy, and that helps fuel her and drive her in this mission. And I feel like it it needed to be one or the other because the way she has constructed this ends up feeling really unwieldy and ultimately didactic. Like the, the points that the she's making in her research in ultimately what would be this book are about how it's not about racism per se. It's about how, you know, it's the caste system and some people keeping others down, whether it is the Holocaust or the slavery or it's the caste system in India. And Anjanu Ellis Taylor, as Isabel Wilkerson, gives a lot of speeches and goes to all these places and talks to actual people and and does is a lot of her like in libraries, is a lot of her like reading books and writing things down and typing things in her laptop. And that is not nearly as interesting as when she and Niecy Nash, as her cousin, who is more like a sister, get together and really talk about things. You know, there are some great mm-hmm. moments with with Ingenue Ellis and um, John Bernthal in an uncharacteristically kind of sweet and mild and nerdy role, kind of, as her husband. And they have some lovely times together. But then um, Ava DuVernay also tries to recreate moments from history, whether it's a couple dancing in 1940s Germany or a young African-American boy not being allowed to swim in a pool in 1950s America. It's just just too much, and it really doesn't work ultimately. It's a rare misfire for her. Oh, wow. Alonzo, what did you think? Yeah, I I agree. This has, unfortunately, it's, it's neither fish nor fowl. And we've seen DuVernay, you know, 13 is an incredibly powerful documentary. We've also seen her dramatize, uh, you know, historical incidents in, in Selma and, and when they see us, and I will even go to bat for her adaptation of the novel, uh, a wrinkle in time, which I think was at least, you know, ambitious and a lot of it works, but yeah, I think here, if she had picked, either going full-on dramatization or full-on documentary, she could have come up with something. And there are certainly moments here that I'm going to, that are going to stay with me. There's a one scene with Audra McDonald that is incredibly powerful. Uh, the, 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 the segment that Chrissy talked about with the child in the swimming pool is, is just, it has a, a, a brutal power to it. And those moments kind of make you realize how much of the rest of the movie just isn't quite working. All right. Origin in limited release tomorrow and nationwide January 19th. Finally, a performance recording of the Broadway musical Waitress with songs from Sarah Bareilles, and it stars her, too. Sugar, butter, 
Alonzo, this is a musical version of an indie film from back in 2007 called Waitress. So this is a recording of the stage musical. Is that what it is? Yes. The uh, the Broadway show actually came back briefly in 2021, mainly so that they could record it with Sarah Bareilles, who, who did the songs and uh, has played the lead at certain points in the show's existence uh, to, to record that for posterity. And I'm so thrilled that they did because I've never gotten to see this show on stage, but uh, it absolutely pops here. And it is the, the, the 2007 movie is great. And it was the final film from the brilliant Adrian Shelley, who who died tragically before it was released. Um, but this really, this, this story still holds up. It's about a, a woman who is trapped in a, an abusive marriage and gets pregnant and is just trying to figure out how to get away from her husband, how to get on with her life. And she expresses herself through the pies that she makes at this diner, um, which is her connection to her mother. And, you know, not all movies loan themselves, I think, to being musicals. And we've seen so many efforts at that in the last couple of decades. But this one, absolutely, I, you know, if you were if you were to approach this material for the first time, you wouldn't know that it wasn't always a musical. It's all very organic. Um, the cast here is really terrific. Uh, Sarah Bareilles is heartbreaking, and and the songs that she does are so beautiful. Drew Galing as the um, the OBG, her OBGYN that she winds up having an affair with uh, has a wonderfully sort of gawky presence, but also very heartfelt and romantic. Uh, Dakin Matthews as the crusty owner of the diner who, you know, uh, uh, Sarah Bareilles' character can sort of see his softer side. And um, I think that as opposed to a lot of other filmed musicals, they, they, they really are some cinematic choices here. Like you see occasional slow-mo even in the in in certain moments where like pies are being made or whatever which is not something you usually get when someone is filming a broadway show so this is all very well done christy well done yeah i was impressed too and there's a real clever way with the staging in terms of people coming in and handing a person a prop or taking a person's jacket off or um, moving a couch to make way for the next set um so you feel like you're right in the middle of it all but then when it breaks from that after her signature song, She Used to Be Mine, the camera is at the back of the stage and you see her silhouetted in the spotlight and you see the whole crowd come to its feet because this is like her big moment. And that is so striking in the way it deviates from everything else. Um, the cast is great. Yeah. Also, I liked Christopher Fitzgerald as the kind of dorky suitor yes. <laughs> for the dorky waitress who is the Adrian Shelley character in the original film. Everyone's really, really good in this. I'm glad I saw it. Wow. Okay. We have some good ones this week. Waitress and limited release beginning today. Christy Lemire, Alonzo Duralde co-host the YouTube channel Breakfast All Day. So go check that out if you want an even longer and more in-depth and dare I say, even more animated conversation about movies. <laughs> Thank you both. Have a great weekend. You Thank too. You. Thanks. 